Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, July 30th, 2017. Our text for the day is found in Psalm 105, verses 1 through 11. O give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wonderful works. Glory in His name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength, seek His presence continually. Remember the wonderful works He has done, His miracles, and the judgments He uttered, O offspring of His servant Abraham, children of Jacob, His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God, His judgments are in all the earth. He is mindful of His covenant forever, of the word that He commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that He made with Abraham. He has sworn promise to Isaac, which He confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. I found it hard to believe while preparing for this week's message that when our last hymnal was put together in 1989, that in the garden was both one of the most popular hymns wanting to be included, and it was also one of them that was most on the list of ones people wanted out of the hymnal. I kind of got confused on that, and I remembered I'm from Calcasieu Parish, and I went to Tech, so confusion is the way I live. But I started doing a little research about why is it that it's so popular, and yet why is it that there are some who wanted it stricken from the church's music? And it's hymn which goes back to the turn of the last century and first appeared in a hymn in a hymnal in 1912 is based off of Mary's encounter with Jesus after the resurrection. And it's one of those things where Jesus was at His most vulnerable and His most intimate. And the words and the imagery that flow out of this hymn can indeed be a great source of comfort. It's one of those that stirs my soul whenever I hear it. But the reason why it was a number of people didn't want it included in our hymnal, and y'all are going to love this, I hope, is because it was too personal. It painted too personal and too intimate a picture of Jesus. I kid you not. It's where it was. And then that makes sense, though. Because when Jesus is personal, and when Jesus is an intimate part of our lives, it does tend to lead us to points of discomfort. When Jesus is at the center of our lives, then we are choosing to live our life not by our own measure, but by the measure of Christ. And where you and I so often can fall into the tendency of anger and bitterness and rage, we worship a God who who teaches us to pray to Him and forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of those who have sinned against us. So I can see why there would be a strong lobby against a hymn that paints too intimate a picture of Jesus. Because when we choose to follow the cross, we have to let go of all of that stuff. And it would have been very easy to preach this hymn and to preach this text using the post-resurrection encounter of Mary and Jesus. But there is another 
aspect to that story that I think is crippling so many lives and crippling so many communities, crippling so many families. And it's this idea of being alone, this idea of loneliness, this idea of abandonment, this idea that we're stuck in this world and we're grasping from here to there. And yet, just what we think we have somebody to hold on to, or what we think we have an organization to hold on to, or we think we have an idea to hold on to, it lets us down. It's the idea that so many have that I'm on my own. And so looking at this week's readings, we see Psalm 105. One of the historical psalms. Have you ever had that relative or that friend or that church member that tells you the same stories over and over from the past? Do you ever have that person in your life? In my family... I've got several, none of whom I'm going to name because they're all visiting with us at some point or another. But they start the story and you go, you know what, I've heard this before. And by the time they're in the middle of the story, you can finish it for them. you ever have that relative? Or is that just me? And then what's really funny is when they tell you the same story and they change a detail and you have to tell them they're wrong. You ever have that, you ever have that happen? And you go, and then at some point you go, you know what, Uncle So and So, he's just on a roll. I'm going to let him stop. Kind of like that scene from Animal House where he talked about when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor and they say, "Shut up, he's on a roll. Just let him go." We have those stories. The reason why the historical psalms are there, there's about six or seven of them, depending on how you count, is so that we never forget the story of how God has worked throughout history, how God has taken care of His faithful, how God has taken care of those who love Him and His chosen ones. And so I was thinking about that and this idea of intimacy and this idea of being personal with Jesus. And I go back to the refrain of the hymn in the garden, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. What would our lives look like if we dedicated and devoted ourselves to walking with Christ? How would that lead us into life eternal? How would that lead us into the joy that, is, that we don't find anywhere else? I think the first thing we see is that when we walk with God, we thank and praise the Lord. When we walk with God, we thank and we praise the Lord. I know some may be thinking, actually, I'm not sure I believe that, preacher. Because I sit there and I walk with God and yet something, this has happened to me, that has happened to me, this has happened to me, this person did this, this person did this, this person was supposed to do this, this church was supposed to do this, this pastor was supposed to do this, this politician was supposed to do this. It seems like the closer I walk with Jesus, the more that my life may seem to be falling apart. And yet the reason why the church's original hymn book, the Psalms, have this in there is it reminds us that we can't help but be reminded of God's glory when we walk with Him. Hear these first words that Howard read. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call on His name. 
Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wonderful works. Glory in His name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His, seek His presence continually. When we're walking with God, when we make that intentional decision to walk with Him, we can't help but draw strength from Him. We can't help but draw inspiration. We can't help but draw joy. And we can't not give Him thanks and praise. There are people in my life, and you've heard me say this to you, the people of First United Methodist Church as well. There are people that when I'm around them, I cannot help but thank them for how they have blessed us. As you have heard me say on more than one occasion, Aaron and I could not be in a better place. And every time we're around you and every time we're in this space, we're full of gratitude for how you have helped welcome us and our child. And yet there are others. This week we were in Houston for a couple of days seeing one of Aaron's doctors and uh, had supper while I was over there with my uncle and I reminded him and I thanked him for how he has so richly blessed me through His presence in my life. And there are others. We could go down the list. I want to invite you to take 90 seconds. I want you to think of the person who has blessed, the person that whenever you're around them, you can't help but be thankful. Think about the person around whom you can't help but be thankful. It could be someone present. It could be someone who's gone all to glory. But take 90 seconds. Turn to your neighbor and share the person that the mere mention of their name, the mere presence in their lives, the mere thought in your brain brings an attitude of gratitude. Take a moment and turn to each other. I hope it was hard to wrap it up because you could go on and on for days. I'm not asking for a name. But I'm asking, what is it about that person that makes you thankful? Somebody shout it out. He's always there for me. Always there? Anyone else? Friendly spirit. What else? Accept you as you are. Such a blessing. We could go around the room and think about these things. And it's important to always remember those for whom you're thankful. And yet if we don't tell each other those stories, if we don't make a conscious effort to remember them, they're just going to go into the ether. Which brings us to our second lesson from this passage. When we walk with God, we remember all that God has done throughout history. When we walk with God, we remember all God has done throughout history. Here again the words of the psalmist. Remember the wonderful works He has done, His miracles and the judgments He uttered, O offspring of His servant Abraham, children of Jacob, His chosen ones. The psalmist is calling the faithful as a community to remember all that God has done and how God has blessed generation after generation. And we live in a world where everything is situational. We live in a time, and it's not unique to our era, where we get hung up on ourselves. We get hung up on what's happening with us, and we put blinders on, and we don't think about anything else. 
And we'll turn to one another, or we'll turn to the church, or we'll turn to the pastor and say, if God is so good, then why is my life so bad? And yet, that's part of why we worship together. That is part of why we study together. That is part of why we sing together. That is part of why we serve together. That is part of why we do whatever it takes. And that's why it is so important for us to remember that our first task as the church is to be the people of God and also to make disciples. That's why there's so many offerings, Sunday school classes, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon. There's a number of different ways for us to come together as a community of faith. To where the question is not which Sunday school class which you're in because it's not whether or not you're in a Sunday school class, but which one you're in. Because there's so much formation that goes on there. So many stories that are told about God's work. It's about the idea of, are you involved in a small group? Are you involved in a Bible study? Because part of our task is to tell each other these stories. And when we read these words and we see these words, and He walks with me and He talks with me, let us not forget that part of what Christ did as part of His ascension and part of the descending of the Holy Spirit is He brought us together as the body of Christ. And we speak into each other these words of life, and we speak into these, each other these words of remembrance. Because if we get caught up in the here and the now, all we see is at the end of our nose, we're doomed. We're doomed because you know what happens when you put your hand at the end of your nose? You can't see a dead gum thing. And yet when we're right out here with each other, we're reminded, oh, the joy. When we walk with God, we're reminded, thirdly, we claim the divine promises of a future with hope. When we walk with God, we claim the divine promises of a future with hope. You look in the last verses of Psalm 105. His sworn promise to Isaac which He confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. I will do. I will, I will, I will. We have never yet seen God make a promise that God has not fulfilled. It's part of why we have the cross. It's part of why we have the altar. It's part of why we have the baptismal font. It's so that we are reminded tangibly of God's work and God's promise. It's so that we're reminded that although right now may be awful hard, and right now may be a time of cynicism, a time, right now may be a time of anger, and may be a time of, well, what the heck? By calling upon the stories of the Christian faith and the Christian community. We draw strength because Christ is walking with us every step of the way. I remember 
reading a story. I think it was the late 70s. And the Sony Corporation had just invented the first Walkman. And y'all remember having a tape-driven Walkman with the headphones and everything? The reason why the headphones were so important, and the reason why the Walkman was invented, was so that people could put their headphones on and not distract anyone around from them. What was originally invented, the headphone in that way, was meant to not take anything away from the enjoyment of the world of others. And yet so often we put headphones on our souls and we get stuck listening to the same thing over and over again. Instead of listening to the symphony of the voices of the generations of the church and of Christ telling a story. And not only do we, when we put the headphones on, block out, they keep others from being disturbed, we also block them out. And so often in our souls we block out Christ. And so often in our souls we block out the good news. And when we block out the goodness, when we block out the reminder that He walks with me and He talks with me, we can forget the many blessings of what happens when we walk with God. And so the question we have this morning, the so what question, the one that we leave here with is this. How much more joy and peace Listen to those two words. How much more joy and peace could be present in my life and those around me if I were to come to the garden and walk with Christ? How much more of a blessing could we be to others? And how much more could others be a blessing to us if we chose to walk with Christ, if we chose to remove the blinders that make us see no further than our narrow focus of you. Uh, what joy would come if we took the headphones off of our souls and walked with Christ so that we remind and are being reminded of God's great love for us. My friends, walk with God. Thank and praise the Lord. Remember what God has done throughout history and claim the divine promises of a future with hope. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of Derrida, Louisiana. Find out more about us at FUMCDerrida.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash FUMCDR. Have a blessed day.